Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges, and joining me today, we've got the Swim Swam crew. We, we are joined by Swim Swam co-founder, editor-in-chief, Braden Keith, and Swim Swam senior reporter, Jared Anderson, and today we're talking trials. We're going to break down all the exciting races, who to watch, uh, both, both to make the team and maybe not to make the team, um, but we're giving you our hot takes on the 2021 U.S. Olympic Trials Wave 2. First of all, let's get started with uh, what race you are most excited for, looking forward to. Braden, let's start with you. I mean, in a pool like this, there is no <laughs> race that I am not looking forward to. Um, I think the only answer to this question is the men's 200 IM. There are so many storylines. If Lochte makes a team, it's the story of the year. If Michael Andrew makes the team, it's a big story. If Carson Foster makes the team, it's a big story. Michael Andrew's going to have a big lead at 150 meters. Everybody's going to be trying to chase him down. Uh, it's just going to be, it's going to be visually a really fun race to watch, I think. Um, and, and there's just so many storylines in there that I don't, I, I don't think there's any other answer to that question. Jared, what are you thinking about the men's 200 IM? And I mean, <clears throat> hearing you say that, all their different race plans, I mean, it's going to be like the mixed medley relay, right? Especially with yeah. Michael in there, just like <laughs> way out in the lead and then see who can catch him. Um, Jared, what are you thinking about the men's 200 IM and, and the favorites in that race? Right. I mean, you nailed it. I think Michael Andrew kind of makes that a, a pretty exciting race to watch because you know he's going to be out fast at the 150 and we don't really know how he's going to come back, but... You know, he's been doing pretty well at it lately. So, um, yeah, a lot of contenders in that race. I mean, you're kind of, you know, you have like the old guard with Lochte and you even have Kalish who's kind of um, established and has had a lot of success there, but we don't really know where he's at, you know, as recently as we've seen guys like Michael Andrews swim. So kind of a lot yeah. of, yeah, a lot of unknowns. We're going to learn I'm, a lot. I mean, Michael, Michael Andrew will be ahead of the world record line at 150 meters. That's like a guarantee. He might be several body lengths ahead of the world record line at 150 meters. And if he's figured out how to breathe on his freestyle, he could break the world record, which would just be, I mean, all the years and mountains of crap that, 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 that he has taken um, in his career. If he showed up at trials and broke the world record in the 200 IM, it would just be like, you know, I know we don't have rooting interests, but it would just be such the ultimate clapback against everybody who has talked crap about him for the last eight years. It would just make me really happy. Do we know what Lochte's free split was on in that 154 double O? Uh, no. I'm I, like, my guess is 28, but I have no idea to be honest. I mean, he's not a great closer either. Right. <laughs> we know he was, he was beat by you shy Wen and the 400 I am closing. And, um, and so like, it's not like he's a fantastic closer in the I am. Um, so a few questions about this men's 200 I am race. Does Shane Casas swim it? I hope so. So, I mean, direct, I asked I mean, because it's a direct conflict with the tuner back, right? And we've seen Lochte do the double before 
with with pretty good results, but again, not not reaching top potential in either event um, for the most part. Uh, so I think like, he should do the two hundred back. Like I think that should be his focus. Yeah. But I think he's very confident in himself, in himself, and I think his coaches are very confident in him. And so, you know, between him and Jay and Jason Kalinog, I'm not sure who's going to be the one that's going to say, I don't think we can do both of these. I think they're all going to look at each other and say, I think we can do them both. You know, maybe he'll, maybe he'll start with both and not finish with both um, is a, is a possible scenario. I think he, if he, if he's going to choose, I think he should do the 200 back personally in long course. Um, I think his breaststroke, will be, yeah, he thinks he's a very good breaststroker. We haven't necessarily seen that yet. Um, his, his people say he's a very good breaststroker too, but in long course, that'll show up a little bit more, I think. Well, I always just wonder how much the kind of the first Olympic team weighs on you as a swimmer, because it's a lot easier to take that double when you're locked in, you've been to the Olympics and you have that on your resume. You know, I just see it's such a culminating thing to make the Olympic team. So you know, like you said, he's a pretty confident guy, so he may go for it. But I would have trouble, I think, trying to stack it up too much before I've just gotten on the team and something. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that'll be interesting, too, because he's entered in like six or seven events, but you know he's going to go for the 100 back. And so it's like if he – I think it depends a lot on if he makes the team early in the meet um, versus if he doesn't and how that kind of affects his decision. Or it'll be interesting. That gives him two races. If he makes a hundred back, that gives him two races already, not just one. Yeah, that's true. That's a game. Yeah. yeah. Um, do, do you see any? Do you see any rising stars or anyone that might not necessarily be on anyone's radar in the men's two hundred IM that uh, that you think might make some noise? I think um, what's his face from Mississippi, Sam Stewart. Is that the right name? Mm-hmm. I, yes. Yeah. Yes. I think that he is flying under a lot of radars, and he. He had a really good swim last year going into COVID and he would be on the tip of everybody's tongue if COVID hadn't happened. And he's being kind of brushed off for the Celescars and the uh, Abram Devines and all those other guys that haven't really done as much in this event lately. Um, and I don't, I don't kind of understand why he's being pushed to the side of this conversation. He's not really a young riser per se. I don't know if there's much room for somebody who's going to 201 right now to really get into this final, but um, I think people are, are glazing over him um, and he's got all the, or he had all the momentum in the world going in. And if we're honest about it, training in Mississippi, his, his life was probably not as disrupted as a lot of swimmers lives were during the pandemic. So there's no reason to believe that that momentum should have been appreciably impacted in any way. He was a, he was a former, he was a Texas Longhorn swam in college there. And then, yeah, now training in Mississippi. He, I know it's summer nationals in 2019. I, I think that was it. He, he had a great meet. Yeah. And like you said, he had a lot of momentum going forward. I feel like he's not on people's radars because he hasn't had that breakout swim or made a big team yet. And so a lot of people haven't seen his times or registered them as like, Oh, wow. That's as having momentum. Um, that's a good point. Jared, do you see anyone in this race who could surprise you know, maybe it's front of mind because I've been doing these recruit ranks of our sophomores, but there's a, one of the youngest guys out there. I think he's 16. Uh, Will Modulin is going to be a, one of the top sophomores. He's not a guy that's going to make the Olympic team probably here. Um, 
but a guy you could see, I wonder maybe if he had a big drop and made a semifinal and you'd be seeing him, I guess, three years down the road. I wanted to say four, but in this weird, <laughs> weird year. So yeah, he'd be an interesting one. I mean, I think Salascar is probably a guy that is probably not a, not a dark horse necessarily, but um, yeah, we don't think of him as a 200 IM or as much as we should maybe. And I, and I think for Salascar, it's interesting because we've seen him we saw him have these huge long course times when he was a high schooler. And then we saw him have huge short course swims in the NCAA at Cal. And we haven't seen that translate to long course necessarily yet, maybe besides his 200 freestyle. And so when, when he, when we see him swim his other events, shaved, tapered, ready to go, I think he has maybe more potential to throw down some eye popping times than he did go teams. best time in Des Moines that that last pro swim before COVID. He won a best time in the 200 IM in long course, so maybe he was he was just getting it figured back out again, and, and we know what happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean that's a good answer of like, all right, this could this this could be a little bit more surprising than other swimmers. Um, all right, so Jared. Uh, your race you're most excited to see at Olympic trials wave two. Good luck. For sure. I, I, I you know, I kind of want to cheat on this question and say both of the hundred freestyles a little bit, which is very much cheating, but I think uh, the men's hundred free, especially, I know that's a big one. People are looking forward to that field is so deep. So I think what's cool about that race is all three rounds are going to be really, really good. Um, it's not That's, as deep as it a, could have been because we've had there's three of the top in. 10 seeds that are not swimming it. In, in uh, Bobby Howard, Tate Jackson, and, and Jack Conger, who is entered in the meet still, but is not entered in the 100 free. Interesting. Uh, yeah, that is. And it, and it thins the race out. It would be a brutal race with those three guys in there. And I suppose maybe there's a reason they're, you know, choosing to focus on some other things. Or at least in Conger's case, but um, God, I mean that the semifinal might be the race for that event is just who makes it into the top eight. And um, I think the final might underwhelm a little bit just because you just, you don't want to be last. You don't want to go out too fast and be last. So I think it could be kind of a tactical strategic kind of race, but mm. um, then again, you still have Dressel in there who could always do something historic. So kind of every round of that race, you're going to have something to watch for. Have you guys ever talked to Mel about the finals of the 100 and 200 pre at the Olympic trials? Um, it's, it's, I can't repeat exactly how he describes it, but in his mind, when you just have to, when you make that final and you just have to show up and not be one of those last two guys, um, he has a certain way of describing the guys and their mentality who, who can't just avoid being the last two. And I've, I've always thought the first time he described that to me, because obviously he's known as a butterflyer, but he did make the 800 free relays at the Olympics. Um, and, and that's always kind of stuck with me that, huh, you know, once you make the final, you know, obviously if you're the eighth qualifier, you're probably not going to beat Dressel, but there's always a swimmer who, who shows up in that final and just disappears. And so if you're not that swimmer, you're you're almost on the Olympic team if you just aren't that one swimmer who shows up in the final and and falls apart and loses it and, and is behind everybody and it that's always kind of stuck with me his description even though I can't repeat it. 
<laughs> for sure. I mean, I, I've heard Nathan Adrian, I think, describe it as kind of like the 100 free, you're just going out almost on a razor's edge. Like if you're a little too fast, you're going to drop, you know, you're going to fall off in the back half. And if you're a little too slow, it's so hard to run anybody down. So you're for sure going to have a guy or two in that heat that just gets a little excited, goes out too fast. And um, yeah, it, it'll just be kind of heartbreaking to see who it is probably. But um, like I said, that makes the that makes the semifinal really, really fun, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I have to ask for this Hunter Free final, we've, you know, we've previewed it and our commenters have gone crazy with their predictions of like, oh, it's going to take 47 to get to sixth or eighth, like, you know, and which I don't think is the case. But what do you think the sixth place finishing time will be? You know, what will it take to make the team? I think I... I really want to do this article and I'm probably going to do it between the Olympic trials and the Olympic games, but Americans drastically overestimate the Olympic trials. There are not many world records broken at the Olympic trials. Swimmers always get faster from the trials to the games. No getting third place at the Olympic trials is not harder than getting third place at the Olympic games. That hasn't been true for 40 years. So we have all these like tropes that people say. So I don't, I don't think it's going to take a 47 to make the team. I think a 48, because there's, there's kind of a gap you can see in the rankings, especially without, um, without Bobby Howard and Tate Jackson and those guys, there's, there's a pretty clear cutoff point. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think it's going to be like a 48 two will make the team. Yeah. And actually I'm looking at the psych sheet. Nathan Adrian is seventh at 48 one. And then Danny Kruger is eighth at 48.5. And he could totally go a 48.1. I think I don't think a 48.1 for Daniel Kruger would surprise anybody um, in, in some round. Who knows which round, but. Well, and I think, the, the, I think one thing there is uh, like all these guys could, right? But, it's, but, it, but not all of them will. And I think everyone, I think the mistake is that everyone's like, well, all of them will, right? Because they all could. Um, but, but as you said, most of the time, 80% of them don't and then 20% mm-hmm. do. Right. Um, Jared, what do you think? Yeah, I 48 mid probably popped into my head, 48, four or something like that. I'm, I'm curious, could it be faster? I don't know to, is it going to take a tougher time to get into that top eight out of the semis than it takes to get on the Olympic team in sixth in the final? I wonder how. I'd have to look back at past years, I guess, but I wonder if that'll be kind of a line that we try and compare. I bet it'll be close. I, I think it'll be real close. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah. Because, I mean, especially because Braden, as you were describing it, it's like you, you always have one guy who disappears in the final. Right. And, and semis, you're trying to be eight guys, whereas finals, you're trying to be two. Um, so that's, that's a really interesting point. I was going to say 48, four as well. I mean, I think it'll be fast, but not, you know, I, I think we might see three 47s in the final heat. Um, 47s are still hard. I think people, yeah. people aren't giving 47, you know, it's not like when uh, Hogan Bond had the, had the record at 48.9 for all, or 47.9 for all those years. Um, and then the, it felt like the floodgates opened a little bit, but going sub 48 is still a hard thing to do. Yeah. And especially under that, um, amount of pressure when you're trying to make the Olympic mm-hmm. team for mm-hmm. a lot of these guys for the first time. Um, 
so men's hunter free, uh, my, my race that I'm excited for, I would say the women's hunter free too, but I really want to talk about the women's hunter fly, uh, because we have two high schoolers as our two top seeds. Um, we have Kelsey Dahlia who, you know, was the favorite, I think a year ago is third seed. And then Katie McLaughlin, Reagan Smith, Kate Douglas, Gretchen Walsh, uh, Ali Tetzloff, Lily Norman, all at 57 nine or better um i mean it's the, i think it's the top two might seem kind of obvious but again they're two high schoolers who have competed at world junior championships but i i don't think either of them has been to trials i don't Corey think so uh, claire certainly has not claire has not because she's 16 and we'd remember if she was at 12 um i don't remember tori um you know, I think I, I'm a big Kelsey Dahlia fan. And I think I know the, I know the wisdom is we've got these two young high schoolers that got all the momentum. Let's put them on the team now. Um, I think we need to remember that Louisville has lulled us to sleep before as a program. And, and at this meet, they've got two swimmers, Mallory Comerford and Kelsey Dahlia, who aren't getting a lot of love. And we see it at the collegiate level. We've seen it at the post-grad level. They, they, they lull people to sleep and then they show up at the big meet and they win titles. Um, and so I'm not ready to call it a two swimmer race yet. Um, I think it's a, it's a great story. I think probably Tori Husky and Claire Curzon will both make the team and something. Um, but I think, I think Kelsey Dahlia is going to have one more, one more shot in her. Um, and, and they're going to, I think she's, she's got enough that if either Tori or Claire doesn't show up, Kelsey will take a spot for sure. Um, I think they'll, I think both those young swimmers are going to have to go best times if they want to make the team. Well, Braden, I'm glad you jumped in on the Dahlia defense. Cause I know I thought I, I think I have to play devil's advocate here and bring up Dahlia that I, she had a really good ISL season too. It's not like she's really lost a step or anything like that. So it kind of well, feels like as, as a pro, as a pro at her age, she doesn't need to prove as much in season. She, she knows where she's at. She knows where she needs to be. Um, these young swimmers are age groupers. So they drop time like age groupers and we all get excited about that, but age groupers also miss their tapers. I mean, these, these things, uh, young swimmers are unpredictable and she knows where she needs to be. She's adjusting. Um, she wasn't out of the water too long. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and to me, if she doesn't make the team in this, it won't be because she went backwards. I think it'll be because those two just really had a huge year and went by her. I think all three should be really, really fast. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually in agreement with you guys. Like, I, I think if I was going to put money on it, I, I, w- I, I think I would bet for Dahlia and Comerford for that matter. Um, because Dahlia, they, well, Dahlia has made the team, right? She's done it before. She knows what to expect in that final. Um, and at, between two high school, two age groupers, I think one of them might not go best time, right? Um, might, might not. I think you said it great. They would both have to go best times to make the team. Um, and if they do, you know, that'd be a great story. And if not, then we'll see. Um, and then, I mean, you've got just, I'm, I'm just really curious how Reagan Smith fits in there too, um, because she's going to have three other individuals, but also like her fly is coming and been coming on the last year and a half. So strong. It's like, can, can she get in the mix there? 
Yeah, well, and she's got the 100 back on that night as well. But I think that is probably the most doable double that anyone could do. Probably it's, we see a lot of people go 100 fly, 100 back at NCAAs all the time. It's a pretty common thing. And then it's like, I just looked it up. 100 fly final, I believe, starts the session. 100 back semi is the very last event of the session. So maximum time you can have for like a two event session. And, and, I, you know, and that's the order she'd want those races in. That's the order that she would want those races in. Because she'll, she'll make the 100 back final after the 100 fly final, no problem, I, th- I would think. Yeah, and again, for me, I feel like the only question then is how much does she put the weight on, like, making that first Olympic team before you jump into events? But I think she'll wind up doing both. I kind of don't. I think, I think I'd, I'd see her doing the 200 fly. They've always been a little conservative with her. They've always been a little protective with her. Um, and I, I think I could see them saying, you know, by them, I mean her parents or coaches, all the, the people involved in this decision-making, saying, you know what, Reagan, this is going to be your first Olympic Games. You don't need to go and swim six events in Tokyo. You need to go swim four events try to win four medals and, and that's a successful meet um, that, you know, and, and as she gets getting older, we don't know if their approach is going to change, but they, they've always felt a little bit like they don't want to, they don't want to push too far too soon. So um, I could see, also see them skipping this one because again, there's, it's not as obvious of an opening. The 200 fly, there's kind of an opening there. The hundred fly with, with Tori and Claire coming up and, and filling that gap um, it just doesn't feel as obvious. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, I think if, yeah, if she's going to skip an event or an event final for, for scheduling conflicts, I think that would be it. Um, so I mean, yeah, that's going to be a race to watch. We've got a lot of good races. Um, I want to get your quick thoughts on Kathleen Baker's news. She fractured her foot, twisted her ankle in a walking accident. Um, obviously that's pretty devastating news for her. Um, she was, you know, she looked really strong coming into the 2020 season. And then again, this season in hundred back, 200 back and 200 IM. And, and so what are you guys thinking about her chances now with a fractured foot? She, she has the experience of making the team of meddling at an Olympics, um, former world record holder in the hundred back American record holder in the 200 IM. So she's got, she had three good shots, but those are all pretty deep fields. Um, so what do you guys think about Kathleen Baker? You go. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, they, the hard part is how deep those fields are. I don't think she has a whole lot of room to go backwards. So it doesn't sound to me like the kind of injury that's going to set you back a long ways. But even if it set her back a little bit, that's somewhat concerning to me. I was pretty high on her, I think, making the team in the 200 IM previously. But uh, that's going to get tougher. That's got a lot tougher. We don't know exactly what the injury is. Um, you know, feet, if feet, a lot of people will tell you that there are some fractured feet that are much worse than, than other fractured feet. I think it's going to impact her no matter what. Um, and, but there are foot fractures that you, you know, I think she made the statement probably because she's going to show up on deck in a boot and she wanted to get out ahead of it. Um, but you know, we saw Bobby Fink during the NCAA season. Feet can be not that big of a problem. Um, although her events, you know, just, 
I'm not a doctor, but thinking through the, the backstroke kick and the flexion of the foot, that seems like something that puts a lot of stress on a foot. Um, breaststroke puts a lot of stress on a foot. So I don't know, without knowing exactly how severe it is, it's hard to know how to, how to handicap that injury. Um, I always thought the 200 IM was her best shot. Uh, personally, to, to me, to me, this would be enough to move her to third or fourth in, in either backstroke event. I still think she probably has a shot in the 200 IM um, just because she, she looked really good in that race. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to say. Like Coleman said, it's it's not a good field to go into injured. This is the the backstrokes especially are not a good place to go into injured. But uh, you know, I guess we'll see. What order does she swim in? What do you guys know? What order those races come in? I think it's hundred back, two hundred IM, two hundred back. Thinking from Maya Dorado's Olympics. Yeah. I know. I, I, know, I know it was. Uh, two IM then 200 back. Um, and I think the hundred back is like earlier in the schedule. I think I could see yeah, a scenario where, where she drops the hundred back maybe. I mean, I know that's where she was the world record holder, but it does seem, seems like her focus has maybe shifted a little to the two hundreds in the last few years. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm making that up. Um, that's just kind of how it's felt. So I could, you know, I think if the 200 back was her first race, maybe she would probably drop it as a last race. It's sort of a, a flyer and whatever happens, happens. But That's a good point. I was just going to ask that if we'd see, because we've seen it with some illnesses before. I remember when I think Alec Easton was sick and maybe when Ledecky was sick and they'll kind of pare down their lineup and just focus on one thing. Um, looking at it, yeah, 100 back final, 200 IM semifinal are the same night. So I think that's probably right on that. Yeah, depending on where she's at, hundred back might be a might be a scratch, and then just focus in on the IM. Yeah, try to make the team in that, and then hope for the best in the two hundred back. Makes sense. I mean, we you know we saw we saw the diver Steele Johnson has a foot injury, and he he was I don't know if you guys caught this story, um, Olympic silver medalist, and he he pulled out, he dove the first round of platform, and then had to pull out of it. And I know the strain of diving off a platform is different than the strain of diving off a block, but um, you know, it's, it's also the kind of injury that she probably hasn't been doing much starting, I would assume um, just to, to preserve the foot. And you don't know if she dives in and, and smacks it funny. And all of a sudden she's got to change her plan or, um, you know, he had to pull out, he had to pull out of the Olympic diving trials midway through the meet and, he was wearing he was wearing foot flops up onto the platform and throwing them down because his foot was in that much pain. Um, and and it doesn't I don't get the impression that her injury is as severe as his. Um, but you never know. There's impact. And you, you hit a turn wrong, you hit something wrong, and it, the plan could change. So going into every trials, we have stories like this. We have surprises <laughs> that we obviously don't see coming. They probably don't see coming either. Um, any surprises that, that you can predict now, um, either swimmers that might break out or events that might not go the way that our commenters, fans, or even we think they will. Jared, you go while I think of one. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, when I was thinking about this, we talked about some of the young names that people are really excited about. 
it doesn't seem that long ago that everyone was really, really hyped on Gretchen Walsh as kind of the next like American sprinter on the women's side. And for whatever reason, it just feels like all of a sudden people were on board with like Kurtzen and Husky were swimming so well. And we've kind of forgotten about Gretchen Walsh. I, a lot of people would still have her maybe making the, the 400 free relay, something like that. But she feels like a swimmer, you know, double uh, world junior champ in 2019. And, uh, you know, we haven't really seen her swim a whole lot since then because of the pandemic and any like big international national type meets. But it uh, feels like someone that could blow up and maybe be an individual 50 free, 100 free. Um, I know she's got some other good strokes, but sprint freestyles, I'd be keeping an eye on her. I really think she could kind of, she could surprise us in a way where we look back and say, why did we not see that coming? So Jared, hot take right now. How many Walsh sisters make the Olympic team? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'll go one. I'll, if I don't, do I have to pick which one? No, you just have to pick a number. Oh, yeah, one. One. <laughs> very, very safe. That is safe. <laughs> that is safe. Yeah, I would set the line at one and a half. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's hard. I'm, you asked Jared, right? So I don't have to answer. No, Coleman. <laughs> Coleman, hot take. How many Wall sisters make the Olympic team? Hot take. Um, I'm going to say both because I think, I think uh, Gretchen has the best chance in the relay. Mm-hmm. I think if Gretchen makes it, then Alex is going to be like, well, <laughs> I need to make it now. And her, her better events come later in the meet. So if Gretchen makes the relay, does that mean Kurtzen or Husky is out? I don't, I mean, it's hard to see all three of those in. Uh, I'd have, hold on. Let me see if I can pull up the one. Cheater, free. cheater. Cheating. <laughs> uh, n- no, I don't think I don't think that means if Gretchen makes it. I don't think that means that uh, that that either of those is necessarily out. So I mean, then that means you think Mallory is out. <laughs> Sorry, guys, Mel isn't on the podcast. We can't pick fourteen women. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, in the in the relay, I could see Simone, Mallory, Abby, Tori, Claire, Gretchen. I, th- I think that's I think that's a pretty good top six. That's Who's that's next? six of the top seven. Um, Erica Brown is seated at fourth, but I think that's a very plausible six women to make. And plus, Tori or Claire can make it in the hundred fly. I think pretty easily and not make the relay as well. Mm-hmm. So I what I'm looking for a surprise is I think the winner of the two hundred breast will go two nineteen. Low. 219 low. I think everybody forgot. Everybody forgot that that those those 200 breast women were on a collision course, that that was supposed to be the coolest race. And, and Lily King is is not a great or hasn't had great results in the 200 and long course. So I think people just kind of I think the, I don't, I don't know that people get super excited about that race. And, you know, nobody's really coming close to the world record the last few years. It feels like one of those races that nobody's really excited about. Um, but I think between King and Escobedo and uh, who's the other one? Who's the other one? Who's the other one? Laser. Annie. Laser. Annie, Annie, Annie Laser. I think between the three of them, I think whoever wins that is going to go a 219 low low man that's that is a hot take <laughs> that is a hot take but i mean i can definitely see 219 for the winner i think that is 
pretty plausible and pretty fair. Yeah. Uh, Jared, any thoughts on that women's tuner breast? Uh, <laughs> men's tuner breast was really fast last time around. I remember that. So kind of could see it. That feels like another one to me that they should be pacing themselves and I wouldn't expect them to go that fast, but for whatever reason, they, they seem to go fast in that race at trials and they probably have to when there's three of them like that and whatever you have not excited. Somebody will have a big swim. I am not excited about the men's 200 breasts. I, I don't know why, but nothing in that, the 100 breasts will be interesting. Nothing in that men's 200 breasts really makes me excited. I hope one of them does something that excites me, but going into the meet, it's just, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like any of them are going to contend for a medal. So it's kind of like. Yeah. You know, I mean, honestly, I think we could see 208 make the team mm-hmm. last year. It was like, you know, 207. But no, I'm sorry, 208 low, I think was second. But yeah, it's like, that's not a, 208 is, is, yeah, you're right. That's like seventh or eighth in the final of the Olympics. I think. It's amazing how, how quickly 208 low went from an amazing time to out of the final at the Olympics. Uh, we've got two and a half minutes left. So I think on the men's side for breaststroke, my hot take is that four, four people will make the team in breaststroke. Yeah. I think Nick Fink probably has the best chance of, of doubling, but mm-hmm. Andrew Wilson, Andrew Wilson probably takes the other spot next to Michael Andrew in the hundred breast. I think mean, you got it. You got to say Michael Andrew's the favorite after, after that 58 mid he popped. I know again, everybody hates, loves to hate on Michael Andrew, but 58 mid who nobody, nobody, Kevin Cordes isn't going 58 mid again. And who else is going to, who else has shown that they can do that? Cody. <laughs> Cody hasn't raced in in a year and a half. Cody just put out a vlog and he's very confident. He's very confident. And he's been doing a lot of 200 work. He's said he's been doing the best training of his life and I'm I'm on board. I'm on the Cody. I think he makes it in the 100. And then I Does 200 work help him make the team in the 100? I think he's always he's always had a strong back half, so I think so. Mm-hmm. But yeah, two, I mean I'll be I curious mean, to see those are such different know, races now. Jared knows that. Jared, tell us about breaststroke. Jared, teach us how to swim breaststroke. Well, Jared was an all-American breaststroker. True. Well, and I, and I love the 100 breast, but yes, the 200 breast is a completely different stroke and it doesn't count. So there's, um, I'm curious though, the, the breaststrokes, I feel like we had a couple guys pop on the college level. Um, we've not seen those guys get a good chance in long course just because of how weird last summer was. So Whitley and uh, Reese Whitley and Max McHugh will be the two that I don't know what they can do. And so that's maybe why the 200 just feels so weird and hard to pick because I, I don't know what those guys are going to wind up doing, but there'll be ones to keep an eye on for sure. Whitley, I think, especially in long course. And where did Max McHugh, where does Max, Max McHugh go to college, Jared? Oh, Max McHugh, he's, um, oh gosh, well, he's a breaststroker, so he has to be at Minnesota. He has yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all the time we have. We might cut off here soon, but thank you, Jared. Thank you, Braden, for your expertise and insight. Uh, stay tuned on Swim Swim for full coverage of the 2021 Olympic Trials Wave 2, June 13th to 20th in Omaha, Nebraska. We'll see you there. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. 
Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.